welcome to the Happy Me Project Podcast, the space where self-development doesn't have to be fancy, and we take the bullshit out of positive mindset. My name is Holly Matthews. I am a former TV actress. I'm the founder of the Happy Me Project and a no-nonsense self-development coach. Today on the show, we are discussing my thoughts on getting a diagnosis. It's a big one, guys, and I'm going to share something pretty vulnerable with you. So pull up a chair, grab a copper, and let's have a chat. So recently, I got into a conversation, as you do, about mental health type stuff. And it was queried why you need to get a diagnosis if that is a route that you need to go down, the benefits, the negatives. And I wanted to share some of my thoughts with you guys on this. So first and foremost, uh, a diagnosis is not necessary for everybody. Of course, not everybody has a thing. Some of you and many of you that come to me are just finding life overwhelming and it's difficult and challenging. And most of you will be coming to me to just work through that. And it will be on a level that is difficult, but there's a way through it without having to get a medical diagnosis. I must also say that this is not my work. I'm not in any way, shape or form here to diagnose anybody, have no qualifications to do such a thing. And as a life coach, my job is to work on forward thinking, the future, where do we go from here? Even if I acknowledge and understand and know about where you've been in the past, and you may share that with me when we work together, my job as a coach is to help you navigate that going forward. So this is not my field at all, but I still think because it crosses over in what I do and because those conversations that I have with people can sometimes go that way, I wanted to share my opinion on it because I have some real firsthand experience with this. And I think sometimes when we share this, it might resonate with some of you as well. So my conversation with the person I was talking to was about whether a diagnosis is needed and what they were implying. And it wasn't with no judgment. It was not with a, a, a neg- it was not a negative thing that they were trying to uh, say when they were saying this. But what they were saying is if somebody gets a diagnosis, essentially, will they live into that diagnosis? So if you get a diagnosis of depression, will you then be more depressed. If you get a diagnosis of having acute anxiety or you get an autism or ADHD or any of those kind of um, diagnoses that we might get, does that then make you become more of that? Now, my answer was categorically no. It will not make you do that because in my opinion, if you have gone to seek out any form of diagnosis and professional people in this field have given you that diagnosis, then this means that you fit and meet a criteria that the man on the street does not know about and will not be aware of and will not have any experience in. And they are looking for what they they know to be the case. And so if you get that diagnosis, you don't become more of that at all. I would suggest though, and this can happen, I think sometimes where people get a little bit confused sometimes when somebody gets a diagnosis they can let go of shame around behaviors depending on what the diagnosis is 
which will mean that they stop masking some of the stuff they might have been doing, which might for a short time appear that they are displaying more of those symptoms. But we'll, that's a bit of a confusing way around it. So we will, I, will, I will delve deeper. But my thoughts are this. A diagnosis, in my opinion, is largely a very helpful thing. My experience of this is this. When my husband was 20, I don't know, how old was he? How old was he? He was in his 20s. So he was an adult. He was diagnosed with autism. For those that have followed this podcast um, for a while, you will know that my husband is no longer alive. And so when I talk about him in the past tense, it's not because he got over autism. It's because he no longer lives. So, um, and I say that very openly. I discuss this in the podcast. I've discussed this a lot in, in in everywhere. I've discussed it, it's my life. So I'm not saying that flippantly. It's just that when I talk about it in the past tense, I'm not talking about autism in the past tense. If you have autism, you have always had it. It is part of you and it is not something that needs to be eradicated, okay? So he was diagnosed as an adult. And the reason we had this diagnosis, we had already, we thought he was autistic. We thought he had autistic tendencies. At the time, it was classed as Asperger's. I know that's no longer what it's called and it's ASD, and, and it, but at the time, that was still what it was classed as in the UK. And um, the reason we got it, because we'd kind of sussed it out ourselves based on things that we had learned and we were just dealing with it as it probably is for a time, for a good few years. We were going, okay, so we will just work around and we'll, we'll assume it is and we will look for answers and help in autistic spaces. But what we found is that when it came to those autistic symptoms being challenging to other people or where he would speak out of turn perhaps or do something that wasn't socially acceptable, that it was very hard without a professional diagnosis to have any understanding of that behaviour. And this is where we have the excuse or reason come into play. So again, especially when it comes to things like autism or ADHD, you will have people, or, or many, any diagnosis actually, you will have people say, well, it's not an excuse. It's not, ex- it's not an excuse for bad behaviour. It's not an excuse. And I would agree, it's not an excuse. And all of us must learn how to manage our own stuff. However, it is a reason It is a reason why somebody might see the world differently. It is a reason why somebody might be behaving in a certain way. It is a reason. There is a big difference. So for us, for a time, we just accepted it in our own relationship and we worked through it. However, it came to a point, a few comments were made, a few situations happened where we decided it would be better to have a professional assess him and do all of the stuff that they do and make their professional opinion. And we sat with a, a professional for many, many hours for most for most of a day where he answered questions where we didn't know what the answers were supposed to be. And for, for some of it, I thought, oh no, he's doing quite well. I'd probably say that as well. And when we came out of it, he was told that he would be classed as on the autistic spectrum, as it was called at the time. I know a lot of this might be dated, so don't come for me. I'm not speaking from that space at all. I don't have all of the understandings of where we're at right now. But at the time, he was classed as Asperger's and um, and we walked out of that office and he was full of happiness because he was like, okay, then, then that's an understanding. And fuck them is essentially it was feeling because we knew it and we found that it was actually other people that needed the diagnosis 
And moving forward from that, we found lots of resources that were really useful for us as a couple to be able to navigate some of the stuff that came up for him when it came to autism. Now, in 2020, I had my own diagnosis and it was an interesting one for me. It has been an interesting one for me. And I was diagnosed with ADHD. Now, I had been, this had been said to me over the years. So a lot, I work, you know, I work in spaces where there's a lot of mental health chat. I have a lot of friends who are psychologists and very important mental health type people. And there has been comments over the years asking whether I had been diagnosed with ADHD. And my understanding of ADHD was very minimal. I I assumed it was, you know, probably like a lot of you. It's what, what naughty boys have, isn't it? You know, naughty little boys at school and they play up and they have ADHD. And my assumption was that uh, it was mostly prevalent in boys, same as autism. I thought, oh, it's mostly boys, isn't it, that have those things. And I had a really no knowledge in it at all. And then I had a few things happen in my world where I kind of stumbled across some information. I was experiencing some challenges with some of the symptoms of ADHD. And I decided also based on um, my daughter, one of my daughters is potentially on sitting somewhere on that spectrum of, of diagnosis. And because of that, and because of the very genetic link to ADHD and autism, I decided to get an assessment and find out what was going on for me. Again, didn't have knowledge of how I'm supposed to be ADHD and was very open-minded in the assessment of thinking, well, it might not be, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's just other stuff. There's lots of other things that it could be. However, after sitting with um, a professional in that field, they decided that I have mixed type ADHD, which is inattentive and impulsive which sounds like the shittest dating profile in the world. Hey, I'm Holly. (laughs) I'm inattentive and impulsive. I will ignore you and zone out, but at least I'll interrupt you. Hooray! Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it, it didn't come as a surprise, a surprise, because the more I've understood it and how it displays in women, the more I, um, the more it makes sense to me. And initially, I had all of the imposter syndrome that comes with any kind of diagnosis of going, no, I'm not. <laughs> Again, maybe I'm not. What? No, I'm not. And and had all of this stuff that went on for me for a few weeks. And then I kind of just thought, like I do everything, I'll just get on with it. I, I It's fine. And I, see, I sought out to find solutions. And you know, one of the most powerful things in getting that diagnosis, and this is why I, anybody who says to me that a diagnosis is not helpful, but the most powerful things was the letting go of shame, of shame. Oh, shame is such a big thing. It's such a heavy load for us to carry. And understanding how you are wired or what is going on for you, whether that's something like autism or ADHD or it's depression or anxiety, having somebody who is brighter than probably you and I to say, no, this is what's going on for you. This is pretty common. There are other reasons for this. There are things that can be done. There are things we can work through. There are strategies and solutions. Having somebody do that has certainly in my own 
life. Let me let go of a lot of shame and then find solutions, but actually be looking for those solutions in the right spaces. Because now I can look back in my life and I can have a very big understanding of why sometimes I was banging my head against a brick wall when trying to find solutions for myself. Why the typical neurotypical Um, solutions weren't working for me at all and I was really trying and and you guys who followed me on here will know I'm a persistent human being I'm relentless and some of the things I was just like why does that why can I not do that why is that too hard and so a diagnosis can be really helpful and making sure and I say this a lot making sure you're pointing the car in the right direction you know making sure you know which way to point the car and then you can find solutions Because this is the thing, and this is where people get confused when it comes to diagnosis. And those that haven't experienced this kind of stuff will go with the the tried and tested cliches of, well, it's not an excuse. Well, you know, everybody's a little bit autistic. Everybody's a little bit ADHD. And and we will hear these kind of things. Well, I, you know, I felt a bit sad, so I'm depressed. You know, I just feel, I feel depressed. We, We, things get thrown around, but that doesn't make than what somebody's experiencing. So this is the thing. It can never ever, any diagnosis can never be an excuse. And only you as the person experiencing those symptoms and that diagnosis can really make the distinction between that. It's always about whether we want to sit in a space of victimhood or we don't. That doesn't mean we can't be sad. That doesn't mean we can't be frustrated or overwhelmed or all of the stuff that comes with that. But it does mean that we have to make a conscious decision Me as a person with ADHD, I can sit in that space of victimhood and I can go, well, it's not fair. And and I can make excuses. Oh, ADHD brain. You know, the fact is I've just had to rewind this whole, I don't know if it's rewind. It's not the 1990s, honey. I've had to go, I have had to go back on this recording because I forgot halfway through this what I was going to say and what I was talking about. I've had to go back. And that is very typical of how ADHD will display for me in my memory can be quite forgetful short-term memory not I can learn stuff and be in very I'm very visual I'm very um I can learn scripts obviously as an actor I can learn things like that but I can be very forgetful on where I'm going with something so I've literally just experienced that before this and had to stop this and go back and already now I'm unsure of where I'm going with this um my point was it can never be an excuse okay so I can sit in that space of going well I've got these things that make it harder or maybe not even harder, just different, right? And I can sit in that space or I can, and there's nothing I can do about it. So if you have a, a diagnosis like that, you're wired that way. It's end of story. If you're dyslexic, if you, that's just how it is. It's how it goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles, right? So if it's that, then then I have to know, go, well, then what do I do with this? What do I do next? And that goes with anything. What do we do next? How do I learn about this? How do I make my life more manageable? How do I make it so that I can work with the brain that I have and still make my life great? And that's the difference between reason and excuse. When I talk to my daughters, we talk a lot about this, you know, whether my oldest daughter has a diagnosis or whether she doesn't, it's, it's quite irrelevant to be quite honest, because it's not who, it's not all that you are, it's just a part of it. And and she knows that and thankfully has great role models around her that have things, her dad was autistic, 
her mom has ADHD. So it, it, she doesn't have any kind of stigma surrounding it. And I really hope that we are pushing past those kind of bloody stigmas these days. I, I think there is still a long way to go with a lot of things because, you know, if I, as a person in this field who works in mental health, had very little knowledge of things like autism and ADHD, not a massive amount, then I think the general public has still got quite a way to go. And that's fine. We can work on that stuff. But ultimately, as it goes to anything, other people's opinions, other people's other people's stuff, it's none of your business. And your stuff is nobody else's business. They don't have to understand. Nobody has to understand how I behave. That's, that's on me. I have to educate. I have to explain. And I said this, and a good example of this recently to my daughter, that I will write things down a lot. And sometimes when somebody is talking, I have to... It's not that I'm not listening. It's not that I'm not interested in what that person is saying. But sometimes I'm busying while I'm listening to them. I might be fiddling with something. I might be doing something. I might be writing. I might be get. I might get up. And it's not that I am not interested but I'm aware because I'm aware of this kind of stuff that that might look like I'm not interested when I am and so it is up to me to find ways to explain that and to to make other people understand because otherwise I will get an outcome that I don't want and that goes for you guys as well I know this is kind of veered into ADHD chat um, an autism chat but um, this goes with anxiety let's say you feel socially anxious at the moment and the difference as well I would say with depression and anxiety although there are still some elements of a little bit more predisposed to things in terms of genetics it isn't all that you are and also I am a firm believer that when it comes to mental health stuff we should be very very careful for ourselves on how we discuss what we have going on. So if you are experiencing some depression right now or some anxiety, I really, you'll hear how I phrase that there. You are experiencing some depression. That does not mean that you don't feel that really heavily. Like that does, that is not minimizing how you're feeling. But the reason I say experiencing or I'm going through, I might say I'm going through some depression, I'm going through a period of anxiety is because that gives you a space to come out the other side. It teaches your brain that there is an end to that, that there is. And, and even if you revisit that, which hopefully would love that you didn't, but let's say you do, at least you know that there's an end when it comes to something that is just a difference in wiring, like ADHD, autism, dyslexia, that kind of thing, that's slightly different. But if you have been given the diagnosis of depression or anxiety or in that space, there is there is a way through that. You know, there is a way through that. And I am conscious of the importance of language when it comes to this. By all means, get that diagnosis if it is needed and you think that it's going, it, it, it can help. But also understand that even if you get that diagnosis, that does nothing if you want to sit in that space of that. You still have to be seeking solutions and you have to look in the right place, of course, and that diagnosis will help you. And certainly a diagnosis will help those around you have an understanding of the severity of things that you might be experiencing but it's also down to us, the individual, to decide what we do with that diagnosis. I know for some people getting an ADHD diagnosis would be absolutely terrifying because they may never ex have experienced or had good role models that sit in that space. A depression diagnosis for some people might be terrifying. 
I, you know, many years ago, I took, I had a time, it wasn't a, thankfully, it wasn't a very long time where I took some anti, where I was taking antidepressants. And, and I had been doing all of the stuff that I've been doing with, that I do right now, and it just wasn't working. And I decided I would try to see if that would make a difference. It didn't make a massive amount of difference and I, in reality. Um, but I remember the people around me's reaction tended to be older people than me, which it felt much more scary. It didn't feel very scary to me. I just felt like, well, this could be a solution. It might work. It might not. You know, I, I will, I'll see what happens with it. Um, but I, I found that for some other people, a diagnosis of, of, of being depressed or anxiety diagnosis that felt really frightening. And it, it depends your model of the world and your experience, doesn't it? So this is why I'm speaking up as well, because at the weekend I was um, at an awards ceremony where I met a gorgeous lady whose daughter had ADHD and, and she'd gone through some bullying and some worries. And, and I shared with her, you know, I have ADHD and she was quite shocked by that um, because we have our own perceptions of what that might look like. And so that's why I'm sharing, because I want you guys to know that there are many role models that go through all kinds of stuff and they they make their life wonderful. So whatever you are going through, whether you have a diagnosis or you don't, you can find solutions for this. You can. Honestly, I'm living proof. And I've, I've seen this in my clients, in my friends, my family. And I want you to know that you can find a way through whatever you are going through. And I know for most of you, it won't necessarily be the extremes. And you might you probably won't even need any kind of diagnosis. But I want to take away the stigma of any of that as well. What we, we need what we need. And I want you to understand the power of you in finding that and trusting your gut in knowing what you need. It is nobody else's business. I'm sending you tons of love, whatever you are going through. It's been a fairly long episode. And I do want you to note that I now have the membership, the Happy Me Project. The membership is out. And for many of you, that'll be a really great solution to managing stuff that you are going through. It is a life coaching, self-development membership. So it is certainly not a therapy space of counselling or psychology or any of that kind of stuff. It is for those of you that want to work on your day-to-day mindset, you want to navigate all the stuff that we have to go through and you want a supportive and judgment-free space to be able to do that. To check that out, check the links below. And I hope this podcast has been useful to you and I really look forward to hearing from you on this. I'm probably going to have a massive vulnerability hangover after this because I wasn't sure I was going to talk about this so much in such a a detailed way, but I have. And so support me on this. And um, yeah, I will probably feel a little bit vulnerable with this episode, but I hope that it is useful in you hearing that. And I'm sending you loads of love wherever you're at. For all of my social media links, self-study courses, the membership, and to work with me one-on-one, click the links below and make sure to keep me updated with your wins, your light bulb moments, and everything that you like about this podcast. I love to hear from you, genuinely love to hear from you, and I will see you on next week's 